Welcome. We now join Fred Kuhn and his guest. Hello, everybody. What an exciting program we have today. Very relevant topic. Company workers have become the main conduit by which cybercriminals break into corporations. Gretel Egan is a security awareness training strategist for Proofpoint. We're going to talk today about the need for companies to develop a people-centric approach to security to thwart, and that's an excellent word, social engineered attacks. Gretel has been working in technical business and consumer communications for more than 20 years, and she has an extensive experience in researching and developing cybersecurity education content for Fortune 1000 companies, and Gretel was named one of the 10 Security Bloggers to Follow by IDG Enterprise. Gretel, welcome to the Work USA. Fred, I'm really happy to be here today and talk to you about this, which I obviously feel is a very important topic. Oh, I do too. I think it's, uh, we were talking before the broadcast about they're going to create a space force. We need a cyber force. <laughs> so the first Can question I have is, what types of cyber threats are targeting corporate workers? I think we have seen certainly a shift in the recent past where we have, you know, cyber attackers and and cyber scam artists, if you will, really seeking to go directly to individuals and force them into making poor decisions. This then kind of has a has a bounce effect. It, it, it affects corporations. It affects individuals. So this is a, like a work and home situation where we have attackers going directly to people seeking opportunities through email, through social media, through mobile apps, through websites, any number of avenues, really going directly to employees and consumers in an effort to compromise them and then compromise the organizations that they work for. I know I got a call from a couple of my folks yesterday. Fred, did you send this email? And I didn't. It was a, it was another spoofing email. And once you activate that code, as I understand it, it can violate your system, right? Yeah, the attackers are very skilled. They have design skills, and they craft some very artful-looking emails and websites. They also mine social media to to get some important details about people. And even in some cases, directly receive credentials for email accounts, which then makes it very difficult if they're able to compromise an email account directly and send emails masquerading as a trusted individual. You know, they're they're doing things like attempting to, yes, spread malware and things like ransomware. I think that might be what you're talking about, ransomware that can lock a system and, and spread. You know, we've seen a lot of cities compromised by ran- ransomware. But malware in general is is a problem. We also have, you know, attackers that are simply trying to kind of steal data in some cases to get some information to take IP from an organization. Really, the goals are almost endless for attackers and the ways that they seek to compromise data and systems. It's not only individuals. You can put that right up to countries when you look at the way Sony was attacked. So it's it's at all levels. It can be strategic or it can be individual. And the ultimate is what? Honestly, depends on the attacker. There are some attackers that simply want to have a monetary goal. 
but certainly they're in the case of when you're talking about kind of a nation state attack, the purpose is, is much more nefarious. Uh, we've seen, you know, attacks that seek to compromise utility and critical infrastructure. So essentially disruption or monetary gain seem to be the main goals of most attackers. Okay. Let's bring it back to the corporate level since the U.S. at work is where we're at. What is a people-centric approach? I know that the employee is not necessarily wanting to be a culprit in this. I mean, in fact, most employees are asking, how do I prevent this? And is this a challenge in terms of training for companies to train their employees? Or talk a little about what people-centric approach really means. So, you know, it goes kind of to where we see, as I said, attackers going directly to people. And so the question is if organizations are also kind of taking a people-centric approach. And what we mean by that is the points of compromise are at the individual level. So are organizations doing enough to secure and improve their defenses at that individual level. And as you said, it really does tie to educating people to make better decisions and improve their behaviors and their habits. And the challenge really is, in my mind, partially due to the fact that, you know, we've all been using important technologies like email and Internet and smartphones and Wi-Fi for many years we learned to use them from a functional perspective. But we didn't really at the outset, even down to probably millennials and even younger workers that are coming into the workforce, did not learn to use those technologies from a secure and safety perspective, right? So we've established our habits. We believe we know how to effectively use all of these tools and devices. But in effect, we don't know how to use them securely. So there is a bit of changing behaviors, changing habits, teaching people. And and what I've seen is the average worker actually really wants to know these skills. We get a lot of great feedback from the people that we train who are absolutely happy to learn these skills. And it really is, these are portable skills when when it comes down to it. These These are life skills, in fact. These are skills that people can obviously use at work to really improve safety and security for not only themselves, but for their organization. Then take them home, take these skills home and share them with family, friends, children, older parents who might be struggling to understand some technology challenges. So, you know, obviously, sometimes it's about prioritization for an organization. There's a lot of stuff happening, a lot of moving parts every day, a lot of things that employees are tasked to do. but until cybersecurity education is really prioritized, I can't see workers' behaviors changing measurably enough to make the difference that an organization would want better behaviors to make. It seems to me when you're talking about transferable, not only are they transferable to the home, but if they leave, and, and we know that millennials do a, the round robin every 18 to 25 months, so they're transferable to other companies, so the benefits spread. But it's not a static thing, is it? I mean, it's changing at, oh, I don't know, it's not arithmetic changes. It's multiples. Every day, something's changing. Something's different. How do you keep up with that? So I think you know, there's a lot of kind of fundamental good judgment behaviors that people can learn about using email more safely, about using Wi-Fi more safely. But as you said, you know, the attack 
surface does expand regularly, methods and approaches change. It's why we really advocate for companies to take a continuous training approach. We know a lot of organizations are still operating on a once or twice a year training model, and it frankly just does not keep cybersecurity top of mind year-round. It does not give workers a sense that cybersecurity is an important day-to-day component of what they're doing if they're only talked to about it once or twice a year. Um, So our suggested approach is to keep a regular pace of training using shorter training sessions rather than very long 45 or hour long sessions, uh, kind of, we, we kind of like to call them bite-sized right. training. Right. Um, you can't interfere more, with their work, yeah. but right. You, you have to give them bite-sized. Very good explanation. Thank you. Yes, exactly. And and taking that kind of bite-sized and you know, digestible approach, right, where you can approach someone every month or two months with 10 or 15 minutes of training, you then really have it, have an opportunity to keep the conversation ongoing, keep the thought process ongoing, keep the learning ongoing, and you're reinforcing the importance of the behaviors that you're trying to impart and the knowledge that you're trying to impart to workers. And really, you know, just making it clear that it is an important directive that should be taken seriously all year round, not just occasionally. I know that everything becomes the most important priority, but it would seem to me that the security aspects of a corporation, it should be at the top of the list. That's just my personal opinion. We try it here. We Uh, try to do that here. And I know of companies that don't. I mean, it's amazing. I very much agree with you. When we look at the fact that we know uh, the frequency of phishing attacks is extremely high. Oh, it's increasing. Um, It's increasing. Right. We know that attackers are getting actually more sophisticated about the ways they're targeting people. They're they're being more careful about the people they're choosing. It's not just these, you know, high-level, high-visibility individuals within an organization that attackers are seeking out. A high-value individual is not necessarily a high-visibility or, quote-unquote, VIP High value to me would be a bookkeeper inside the corporation who has the keys to the Golden Kingdom. That's exactly (laughs) right. You're absolutely right. And we see attackers recognizing that. We see them seeking out things like LinkedIn and other social channels to identify who these workers are, what their names are, what they do within a company, and then specifically targeting that individual. Now, that's not obviously not a CEO, not a CFO but it is someone with opportunity and access. And, you know, we often say that, you know, not everybody is a VIP, but anyone can be a VAP. And what we say a VAP is a very attacked person. So someone who is frequently seeing, you know, attackers are, are specifically targeting this individual and working overtime to get, to them and yeah. compromise them. You know, I know in the military it's a high-value target, and it's the same thing. The high-value does not have to yeah. do with your position or title within the company. It has to do with your accessibility to information. And exactly. For example, like in the healthcare industry, we see nurses frequently targeted because they have access to so much data. They have uh, access to doctors. They have access to patients. You know, so they become a focus for attackers, even though 
the average person would not call from an organizational org chart perspective, would not call a nurse a VIP. Uh, for me, mind, as a patient, a nurse is a VIP. If you don't mind, Gretel, Egan, what I'd like to do is to maybe do a special program just on the medical because that, that is such a large portion of our economy and what's going on. And uh, if, if you'd like to do that, I'd be very happy to spend time talking about specifics of that. Yeah, I, I would love to come back and speak with you again about that. One last question. Folks, we're, we're speaking sure. with Gretel Egan, and she is an expert in business and consumer communications and developing cybersecurity education content for corporations. So, last question, Gretel. What are some of the best practices for creating an effective security training program for employees? So, I mentioned already the, the idea of taking that kind of more continuous, ongoing approach. That's really key. There's another phrase we like to use, and that phrase is beyond the fish. And what we mean by that is, you know, obviously, phishing emails um, and email-based attacks are a huge problem for organizations of all sizes. But what we advocate people do is, and organizations do is really think beyond the inbox because it's behaviors outside of email that can not only exacerbate the phishing problem when we talked about, you know, what we're doing on social media, what kind of data we're putting out there for cyber attackers to use against us, but it's also things like password management, how we're using our mobile devices, which, you know, have so much crossover between business and personal function, and even how we're managing physical security within our workspaces. You know, are we locking our computers at night? Are we locking our screens when we walk away and go to lunch? Are we shredding important documents or are we throwing them in the trash? All of those things really impact an overall security posture for an organization. So while it is so tempting and necessary in some ways to focus a lot of the attention on evil behaviors, organizations should really think outside of that inbox to how the behaviors their employees exhibit on a broader scale can influence security postures. What a great point. Folks, we've been speaking with Gretel Egan. Gretel, thank you so much for joining us today on the U.S. at Work, and I'd like to have you again, and we'll focus, let's focus on the medical industry. I think that's a really big challenge. Yeah, sounds great, Fred. It certainly is a challenge, and I thank you for having me today. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us. If you wish to speak with Fred or you want a transcript of this interview, send an email to podcast at stuartcoopercoon.com. See you soon.